Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Professional Insights Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3. Um, I can't believe, honestly, we... Trevor, how many, how many listens do we have now? Like over 5,000? Honestly, I don't know. Okay, been a while well, that's fine. I looked at the looked at the stats and all right, we need enough more. to keep us going. We well, don't need more. Yeah, enough to we, keep us going, but we always need more. We always need more, right? Well, we need uh, our message we, out there, right? That's the whole point and why we're doing this to get our message out there. It's you know, and to educate educate people and get and make money and 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 to get a Joe Rogan deal with Spotify. Let's be honest. <laughs> that is Curry's. Let's, men- let's yeah. be honest. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Right. No one on this podcast would ever turn down a, a Joe Rogan deal. No, none uh, of us would turn down a hundred million. Curry'd be happy. <laughs> million bucks split four ways, still good enough, right? That's right. There Absolutely. we go. Spotify, if you are watching or listening, or listening, hundred percent. Uh, my name is Curry. Use, technically, we do I'm use Jeff Spotify. Collins. Josh oh. Bond. I'm talking when I'm introducing myself. I was still in the middle of saying <laughs> something. <laughs> That's special guest, Henry Keeler. Hello, Henry. Hey, how's it going? For episodes one and two, uh, we're on for the third topic. Um, uh, thanks very much. Now, we, we were chatting. Quick on... shout out to Brand. Oh, yeah, Brand Boulevard, a sponsor. Thank you. Um, <laughs> They gave us, they give us nice branded things. Um, so question, you, you had a, a rights and things question. So I'm going to get everyone up to speed on the process of death. So basically someone passes away. Um, the estate is immediately, immediately frozen. It's called crystallization. Then CRA goes through the process of a deemed disposition, whether you've sold it or you've not. So they basically find out if you've got, a spouse for the one-time spells a rollover, principal residence, registered property, non-registered property, goes down the list, and then you have the terminal tax return. But then there's a rights and things. If you want to kind of go down that road and put your accounting hat on. Yeah, so, you know, when, when someone passes away, uh, you're deemed, for tax purposes, you're deemed to dispose of all your assets. And it's essentially the government's way to get their last pound of flesh out of a dying person um you know you you basically bring in all your registered assets into income you trigger all disposition of assets so that the home the cottage any stock investments things like that you know you're deemed to dispose of it at fair market value and you pay your you know capital gains tax on on things like that your principal residence typically is exempt from tax um and so typically the, the you know the date of death tax return you know, typically results in a person's highest tax liability in, in their life in most cases, because you have this accumulation of registered assets and all your disposition of capital gains and all that type of stuff. Um, in addition to that date of death return, there are a couple of optional returns that can be filed for a person in the right situation. And one of them that I came across, you know, again, in this tax season, it seemed to be the theme of date of death this year, um, hmm. is, is what's known as a right or a thing. And what, what a right or a thing is, is money that is owed to you, income that is owed to you at the time of your death, but doesn't get paid until after your death. And so it could be um, your last pay, your payroll, that a bonus, know, a, a bonus, uh, sick leave. Um, it could be, um, you know, ones that I've com- commonly came across when I was back in, in the accounting days. You know, if a person died mid-month, and old age security and CPP didn't get paid out until the 25th of the month, while you're entitled to it for the month you passed away, 
And, and so these rights or things can then be reported on a completely separate return. So instead of, uh, let, let's say, uh, you know, old age security and CPP was, you know, $1,500 for the month. Instead of that being lumped in with the $300,000 of registered assets, and therefore it would be taxed at a 50% tax bracket, you know, that $1,500 can be filed on a completely separate return. You get your basic personal tax credit again on that return. And so therefore that amount is going to be essentially completely tax-free, right? So it's, it's not a, a common thing, but where it does occur, it, it really is a benefit to try to slice off a bit of that final income onto a separate tax return. And, and I had a situation, you know, this past season where I think it was a, a, a accumulated sick leave payout that was a significant dollar amount that had it been lumped in on the date of death return, you know, it would have been subject to a far higher tax rate as opposed to taking that and putting it on a separate tax return for a right or thing and, and paying at the, you know, most of it was tax-free and a little bit was at the, the lowest marginal tax bracket. And so it'd be, nice. key, it'd be key to, I guess, I mean, because I see a lot of people, a lot of executors specifically, try to do the terminal tax return themselves. Um, I've had that, I have had that, I can't even count how many times I've had that conversation. Yeah. And uh, I mean, an estate to be settled is such, uh, there's so many balls in the air. There's so many plates that you're spinning at the same time. And, to, and as an executor, on top of that, you have to execute the will and you know go to the lawyer's office and go to the bank. Why someone wants to even tackle that uh, is beyond me. But you know, talking to a, a CPA, a chartered accountant, and making sure that they understand and, and these are the types of things, these little little nuances, these rights and things that people don't even think about, and it can save you tens and thousands of dollars of tax in some cases. Am I, mm -hmm. am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and there have been changes over the last, you know, five years to, you know, some of the responsibilities on the executor and what kind of, you know, reporting and filings need to be done. And I know in my presentations when I was, you know, presenting to advisors like yourself is, you know, kind of jokingly that, you know, in the past, if you were named an executor, it, it was almost an honor that this person thought so highly of you to kind of name you to look after your affairs. And, you know, now it's like, you know, what the hell did I do to deserve <laughs> yeah. this? Because it is, it is a lot of responsibility yes. and a lot of work. And and now, now you, like you get compensation for it, right? You can get compensation. You, you can, you absolutely. Can. Um, but if, if it makes if, sense, if you're a beneficiary. If you're typically a family member, a lot of times you forego that, right? And if you're 100%. an independent person, you're a family friend, I wonder whether the compensation is worth it sometimes. <laughs> which, which is why, Henry, I've put Josh, Trevor, and Jeff as my executors for my will. Oh, lucky guys. Uh, yeah, and it's the most complicated thing you're ever going to look at, okay? Uh, and everything's going to go on Jeff because I'm sure something will happen at the same time and he'll be all stressed out. And just leave him, leave him be. Leave him be. I'm taking the hot tub, man. <laughs> Now, isn't there, uh, Henry, a lot of things too, just to, to kind of go on the executor piece, you can be legally liable uh, if you want to touch on that as an executor, which is why it's the, why the heck did you nominate me as a, uh, as an executor? Yeah, the, the executor has responsibility to, you know, when a, when a person passes away, the executor is the person that A, should be securing the assets and, and notifying, you know, the government to cancel CPP and only security. And if there's a, 
a property, you know, have to maintain insurance until that property is sold. And, you know, there, there now is, you know, executor insurance in, in that you can purchase as an executor to protect yourself. And, you know, some of, you know, a, a simple example is, you know, um, granddaughter is named the executor of her grandmother's estate. And as, as I won't say all older people, but people who have lived in their house for, for ages, a lot of times there's such an accumulation of stuff. Right. And as a grand, granddaughter's coming in and she's trying to deal with the property, deal with all the, the, the knickknacks and, you know, she has a yard sale and, you know, there's a painting on the wall and it just looks like a, you know, a, a painting that, a, that a, a kindergarten did. And, you know, at the yard sale, it went for five dollars or whatever the case may be, you know, and one of the other children or grandchildren subsequently comes along and says, oh, you know, where's that painting that was on the wall? you know, that was worth $100,000. Well, if the granddaughter didn't know it and got rid of it for $5 and the other beneficiaries say, you're personally liable for that. You've basically sold an asset that was $100,000 that I was going to get a share for and you sold it for $5. So the beneficiaries can hold the executor, you know, liable for things like that, right? Yeah. It's, a, it, it's amazing the responsibility and, and the potential liability you know, even, even filing tax returns and trying to pay out the beneficiaries, a lot of times you get, you know, let's say I'm that independent friend who's been named the executor and there's four beneficiaries of the estate. I want to make sure that I'm protecting myself and I want to make sure the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed for beneficiaries. They just want the money a lot of times, right? Okay, are we settled the things? Let's get my payout. Um, and so there's a lot of pressure on the executors from that perspective to, you know, it, 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 it has gotten to the point now where it is going to be time consuming and take some time to, 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 to make all the filings. And I'm not going to release most of the assets until things are done to, to, to protect myself. Because if I pay all the beneficiaries, you know, the, the cash, um, and let's say I, I, I depleted it, there's nothing left, but then CRA comes back and says, oh, you know, there was something that was missed and all of a sudden there's a $20,000 tax liability. I either have to go back to the beneficiaries and say, okay, give me back some money, in which case they probably said, oh, I've already spent it. If I can't come up with that, I'm personally liable for those types of liabilities as an executive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we, when we run estates, we always, um, to that point, we always hold back, you know, we'll, we'll chat with the accountant and we'll hold X amount of dollars back until we get a clearance. Yeah. Right. So once CRAs come in and they've, at least as to that point, you know, then at least at that when once we've got a clearance, then we can we'll release the whole back to, to wherever it's got to be doled out. Yeah, and that that clearance. I mean, that's that's essentially a process of, of filing a request with the government to say, give us a clearance certificate. It's really saying, okay, CRA, you know, I want to wind this estate up. Give it one last look. Make sure there's nothing outstanding. And they basically sign off and say, okay, yeah, you're clear. There's nothing else, and therefore the executor can now release the the balance of the estate. And not be worried that the government's going to come back and say, "Oh, we missed this." No, you had yeah. your chance. You signed off. We're good. Yeah, but to your point in terms of the asset and liability, that's one of the instances where I, I look differently at most people nowadays. Is I had an estate. I mean, the, the total estate was maybe thirty grand. There was nine kids. Um, dad had appointed his favorite kid i guess to be the executor or least favorite kid i guess based on our most recent discussion um who he thought was probably the most responsible to handle it um we were in an, a huge discussion with the beneficiaries 
because the executor sold 10 bales of hay for 150 bucks a bale instead of 200. So, you know what I mean? But to your point, I mean, that's a very small example where, you know, people are emotional and not necessarily thinking rationally. I mean, I I sat them down in that circumstance and said, look, this is what my hourly rate is. (laughs) You know, $500 gets eaten up pretty quickly, right? So, right. But to, to your point, technically speaking, if those bales of hay are worth a thousand bucks and the executor sells them for 150 bucks a pop, then, yeah. you know, there, there can be some liability there to the beneficiaries. Yeah. Yep. That's a, you know, it, it, that's a really key, key piece. Um, again, this just goes, this, this reiterates how important it is to deal with a professional to make sure that your T's are crossed, I's are dotted, see a lawyer, get a will. What was it, Bondo? <laughs> of the population doesn't have a power of attorney and 25% does not have a will. At least, Um, at least. Yeah. I've heard the numbers are higher that don't have a will. Yeah. You know, the the other thing is, you know, more, more thought needs to go into the selection of the executor as well. A lot of times it's it's the oldest child or it's all three children. Well, do all three children get along? Are they all in the same city? I mean, you know, it, 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 you know, I think it, it can't be just, oh, he's the oldest or she's the oldest. It's like, who is around? Who has availability? Who has the skill set? And maybe sometimes that's right. The children, right. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. The best is jointly, not yeah. joint and severally, jointly, but we'll put two of them on. Yeah. What if they don't agree? <laughs> yeah. But a lot of times people Anyways. are just, they, they, you know, they just don't want to face these questions because it, brings mortality and people are just not comfortable with that but it, it is a fact of life you know you have yeah. to deal with it that and taxes yeah well thanks very much henry once again very uh, much we really we really appreciate it if uh, can we have you on later on in season three or maybe if, uh, another client or some situation sure. comes by that you think would be a great for the podcast we'd love to have you yeah absolutely always open to it Perfect. Thanks very much. And thanks for listening, Henry. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. it's always um, fun listening to you guys banter back and forth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and make fun of Trevor's uh, trailer that he... We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, thanks very much, everybody. Uh, please, lis- please listen to us wherever podcasts are downloaded or streamed. Bondo? Help us help you stay informed. Ow. Do... Did Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hey, 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 hey. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.